Made locally in Bath. This is Radio Bath. It's Richard Bovesan here until midday today. And today on A Story to Tell, we have technical manager and capable person. That's his words, not mine, by the way. Oh. Kieran Moore. He's the promoter of the local venue, The Pump in Trowbridge, and a general promoter too. Welcome, Kieran. How are you today? I'm ha- Well, thank you. Hello, Richard. Thank you for having me on the session. Uh, I am very tired. Very t- Why are you very tired, tired Kieran? Because I work too hard. Am I allowed to say that? You're allowed to say that. You can say anything you like. We don't mind at all. We're going to talk about your background very quickly, actually, because we are on Zoom today and you have the most interesting background in the world. Tell me about it. Uh, So my background, crikey. Um, So tell me about the background that I'm looking at. Oh, the the actual. Yeah, the actual background. (laughs) So this this is a piece of actual artwork by Trowbridge based um, artist called Sam Lindup or Samuel Lindup. And this is a really, really heavy, giant piece of, of hardwood. And when Trowbridge Town Hall was getting all of its gear out, ready for their refurbishment, this was lingering. And I said to Sam, hi, Sam, um, is it still for sale? Can I buy it? And he said, make me an offer. So I did. And he accepted it. And I, I stole it from the town hall and brought it home. So absolute bargain. Um, and it's but it's an amazing piece of art. So It is. I'm going to try and describe it. Um, it's multicoloured. It looks like lots of eyes and feathers and it's like a peacock isn't it? It, it, it very much so um it's funny you should say that because I, I think i can see faces in it um but it's actually completely nonsense it's just loads of wonderful lines which is very typical of sam's artwork so there's not meant to be anything specific but you can see lots in it so i think that's a hedgehog that looks like a hedgehog okay i can see that but it definitely reminds me of peacocks and all sorts of yeah yeah peacock, absolutely. yeah yeah feathers yeah absolutely get that totally get that now, obviously, we can see that on radio. Can't see quite so much. I'll try and no. do a little picture and put it on the social media so we can, uh, we can see a picture of it for everybody that, that's there. Um, so I first came across you when you were at the Neil Hall, but but kind of tell us how you got to where you are today, just regarding what work stuff. Oh, crikey! So um, my wife and I, um, we we were we were very young. We were eighteen when we had our first child, um, and we had finished college, done done college, um, done music at college had a baby, had a three-year gap. I was a mortgage advisor and I absolutely hated it. And one day I walked into the post office in Devizes and said, can I have a job? And they said, can you start Saturday? And literally within four months, I met a guy who said, have you ever thought about doing a gig, Kieran? And I was like, nah, don't be ridiculous, mate. And we did our first gig um, and it was a massive success. More on that later. Um, I was there for the post office for 11 years. That enabled me to do gigs and have a job. I progressed very, uh, I met some people through the post office who then gave me a job at the, um, they were now based in Caution, but at the time they were based in Devizes called um, Discovery Records. Um, they moved to Caution. I moved to Caution with them. I then left there, joined the Neald in Chippenham. I was there for four years. Um, and that was my first tech manager job. I then left the Neald in Chippenham to come to Trowbridge because there was this massive, big project happening. I joined that project. I was there a year and then got made redundant. And then I left there and came to the Comedia in Bath. And every step of the way has been a story of growth, bigger jobs, more importance, uh, more responsibility. And now I'm working ridiculously hard running an incredible venue that has like three or four events a day. It's madness. Yeah, the Comedia. I actually looked at it, the Comedia as a, uh, a dance venue at one point um, to see if I could be there. It's, it, to be honest, it does a bit of everything. Its original erection when it was built was for a cinema. 
And then after that, it it's, it. I want to say jack of all trades, but that makes it that makes it sound like it's not very good at anything. It's an exceptional space. I mean, it's beautiful to start with. It's just amazing. But like, there's so much we do there: film, dance, music, comedy, um, speeches, talks, presentations, all sorts. Nothing's no. off limits. No oh, fitness. We did a fitness thing on Saturday. Oh. We had lots of women in Lycra. Uh, it was literally like an 80s montage. Absolutely. And they were giving it some, it was brilliant. Like Jamie Lee Curtis style. It was amazing. I, I have to say, I've never seen somebody quite so excited in my entire life. But as soon as you thought about women in Lycra, you were <laughs> <laughs> I'm very far away. I can't actually see anything. So you're um, up in the control booth, where you're trying to, correct, trying to work yeah, it all yeah. out. It's, um <laughs> Um, so how was the Neil Hall to work out then because that's you know a council-run place in Chippenham um, you know that that went through some transformation a few years ago as well it did so I I joined the Neils Um, I was the first technical manager they ever employed and they needed to employ someone because they had a a pool of techs and I think the council decided that it wasn't cost efficient to have four or five or six or seven or eight different techs coming in randomly for different shows you know, one person wouldn't leave it set up for the next. They wouldn't know if something got lost or broken, blah, blah, blah. They said, look, we're going to employ someone. And that lucky person was me. I got the job. Um, and I was there for four years. And I saw them right the way from sort of two years prior to COVID and lockdown or three years prior to COVID. I then did a whole year of COVID. And then just as it was reopening, um, I decided to leave. And there was lots of reasons for that. Um, I, you know, you feel like you've done your time somewhere. The organization didn't quite match my ambitions. And that's not a negative thing at all. It's it's acknowledging the limitations of a council run venue. Um, and this new opportunity uh, existed in Trowbridge. So I left the Neils in Chippenham. I absolutely loved it there. Honestly, I think the, the staff there have been the, my favorite ever working team in my professional life. They're just wonderful. So. Now we're going to talk very briefly about one of the members of the team who you will know, and I saw him. For, and I saw you know who I'm talking about. And I, I saw him for the first time last Wednesday when we were there for our dancing. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's and he hasn't been very well lately, but he's, he was back, and that's Roger. Roger, Ro- I knew you were going to say Roger. About, didn't you? I love Roger. He's what an what an amazing guy. Yeah. In fact, actually, I'm going to sh- I think it's sound really weird. I'm going to show you my buckle. Did he tell you about his buckle? No, he hasn't told me about his buckle. That that just sounds slightly wrong, but let's move on. Yeah. Well, his name is Roger Buckle. That's his surname is Buckle. Is it? I didn't know and that. And he's a, I when I joined uh, Neil, I used to wear belts, big chunky belts with big American style buckles. I had one like of a moose. It was very cool. Anyway, after working there, when I left, he gave me his prized buckle, and I wear it every day. Oh, let's I'm going to show you. Come on I'm wearing it now, um, completely oh, wow. un- unplanned. So, for the benefit of the tape, it's a buckle with an electric acoustic guitar on it. That's gold. Correct. It's it's like a big Les Paul gold, gold, yeah. silvery gold. You know, sparkly. But I wear it every single day. This is like a prized heirloom of mine now. But that came from Roger. What a just a wonderful human being. Yeah, so for those that don't know Roger, which let's face it, will be ninety nine. Most people, most people. Uh, so he's one of the. I don't know what you actually call them. The people that are on the on the doors. Um, we call them just simply Hall's team. Hall's team. Um, Hall's and team. Uh, he's he's a mature chap, shall we say? I think he's eighty or so now. He's um, way past retirement, but he's way still knocking it out of the park. Yeah, the park. and he's still there, and he's still smiling every time. And uh, yeah, he's an amazing character. So uh, 
So yeah, and I, I may see him. I may see him on the next day or two. So uh, well, obviously, always send him my love. <laughs> I will do. I will do. Um, but the Nils a fantastic hall. It really is. It's it is. I say it's quite limited. The the structure they've got there with the seats. Uh, there's only so much capacity you can have, and that restricts all the actual performances you can get. Trebridge Town Hall slightly different though. That that's again a massive, a, a kind of a very different environment. So what was it like being there? So that yeah, the, the the town hall was amazing. So the town hall was you remove all the council thing, and you have a, a team of people that basically say yes to everything. And then after they've said yes to it, they go, "Oh God, how are we going to do this?" Um, and a case in point would be National Theatre. We got National Theatre into the town hall, um, which I, anybody listening will understand that National Theatre is like a huge organisation that has an awful lot of significance attached to it, and a lot of. Um, weight behind it and so we said yes or the, the director had said yes to this thing and we had to sort of make this happen um, but that's what was brilliant about working at the town hall it, the variety was was just huge it went from like literally one-on-one sort of counseling sessions which we would we would facilitate and, and, and sort of sort their needs out right the way through to national theater with like a hundred people so we did everything in between again music comedy dance theater um kids workshops you know just anything you could possibly think of and, and that's that really kind of this isn't the civic center is it no this is not the civic so yeah. not to be confused with the civic the civic the civic is like a big version of the kneeled yeah, um, doesn't have the tiered seating, which is probably uh, it's for a loss. It should, if it had tiered seating, it'd be amazing, um, but slightly bigger. But um, I also work there as a freelance on occasion. Um, but they kind of do basically bigger stuff. They're more, more on a par with what we do at the Comedia. So, um, but no, the town hall. Whilst I was there doing all these amazing things, um, they applied for a grant called the Future High Street Fund, or the or the local council did. They were given lots and lots and lots of money, and I don't know if anybody's listening who knows the town hall in Trowbridge. Um, without over-egging it, it's falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's way past its best. It needs an awful lot of work done to it. Namely, the removal of the asbestos. <laughs> Lots of asbestos oh, riddled with it. <laughs> That's not ideal. And it's right on the high street, isn't it? It's a beautiful building. It's an amazing building. And, and when this work is done, which will be 2025, when this work is done, it's going to be such an incredible space, um, a real selling point for Trowbridge. Um, and and a real jewel in Wiltshire you know there's no denying it it's it's going to be it's there's lots of amazing venues we have in this area like the pounding courtroom etc this is going to be one of scale this is going to be a beautiful building that's large has a capacity to rival you know the cheese and grain in Froome but has the beauty to go with it and a massive free multi-story out the back so I've been into Trowbridge Town Hall and I can't imagine the rooms being that big because again I looked at it as a dancing venue Yes. I was like, it's too small. Well, n- when it gets done, you can go back in and you can absolutely use it for dancing. So what this m- most of the money is being spent on the reinstatement of the grand or the ballroom, the grand ballroom. Okay. So if you ever went in and went upstairs, it was yeah. been segmented into lots of little absolutely. rooms. All of that's going. All of those prefab walls are going. And um, if you ever looked up, you would see that the footprint of the roof is giant. But they, obviously the roof of the, the ceilings were quite low. So they're like two metres or two and a half metres. But anything above that was all open space. Okay. So that's going to be reopened, massive hall, 500 capacity. Going to be amazing. I will uh, investigate. I'll speak to you offline about who to speak to. Um, yes, cause, sure. Because uh, yeah, I'm booking It's a year away now. yet. It's a year and a half away yet. So My 2024 is already booked. So um, okay, I'm booking great. 2025 already. So, uh, so oh, no, amazing. 
because I mean, I I love the Civic Centre. It's it's a little bit soulless for me. It's a lovely yes. new venue. But yeah. whenever I've been there, I, I just felt like it didn't have much soul to it. I don't know. If I, yeah. No, it is a fair. It is a fair comment. I mean, they and they did do the whole jack of all trades. They want to be a blank canvas for anything. Um, there's a company in Trowbridge called Appetito, and they do oh, their well. Christmas party there every year. Everyone knows Appetito. My, my wife Christmas... works for Appetito, so. Oh, does she? Oh, there you she go. Does. Or you'll know now. They're Christmas parties. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely insane. Like yeah. what they do is just but they 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 that basically that's the level of of sort of detail you need to put into that place to make it feel utterly incredible mm. and that's just not your average show so yeah it, yeah you're right <laughs> but, but the town hall that sounds much more interesting to me so uh so yeah we we do a few events so we we hire so for instance we've got coming up um at the uh at, at the Neilwood hall we've got uh an all-day event which is quite nice we also hire the guild hall in bath once a year which is a, nice an enormous venue and we hire the whole venue out and uh, so we do some special events so then you do st margaret's in bradford and avon yes. as well yeah every monday night so we're there as well um so my my friend meg who works at the pump she also works at does. um the bradford and avon council and she does those events and she keeps so that's funny she goes kieran i've got to do this thing called sir rock and i got like, sir rock like sir rock no sir rock it's like one word not two that's it <laughs> Yes, no. Meg has now taken over our our night, so she is the uh, one that's helping to uh, run the venue, which is which is all good. And Comedia, so you're now at Comedia. How how's that on a day to day basis then? Oh crikey! So uh, Comedia, on average, I would say on average does two events a day. Um, that's usually three events a day, but not every day of the week. Um, so it's quite common for a Saturday, for example, you get in at nine o'clock, you do a early or a sort of lunchtime session right the way up to four o'clock then you set up for crater which is our sort of flagship comedy event that runs until 10 o'clock and then you have a club night that runs until 3 a.m so literally the venue is in in operation almost 24 7 we'll come again uh sunday morning we'll have a sunday session again at sort of you know 10 o'clock get in go over lunchtime followed by an evening show sometimes when it's club season and we are in club season right now because the freshers are all back all the new uni students are back will often have a club night on a Sunday too and on a Monday. So I'm I'm doing admin, I'm advancing all the shows, I'm making sure we've got everything we possibly need for these events. Um, and then because there's so many, I don't execute them all. I have, again, I have a pool of techs. I then get people in to run events sort of, sort of for me. Um, but it is non-stop. I've never worked so hard in my life. I've never worked in such a continuous onslaught of information it is i've got bags under my eyes looking <laughs> a year good. ago i didn't have this <laughs> <laughs> my my bags are just there constantly now i've yeah I've given yeah, up. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no you're you're all looking good i mean comedia is a fantastic venue again um so i've been there many times for you know for comedy nights the burlesque nights that type of thing yes. as well um and uh yeah it's it's it always seems incredibly well run actually um glad you think so yeah <laughs> um we every show that we do there's a show report and in that show report everybody gets to sort of cover their area um and there's often a lot of feedback on that you know it might well be for example this transition between crater and club wasn't very smooth we need to look at that and, and there might be some feedback on that and why we why something was arduous how do we rectify that it's an always an ongoing conversation um mm. it's everything is always addressed all the time 
Um, no stone gets left unturned, um, which is really, really positive. But again, again it's a lot of work. So you so just when you think... That's really good because you kind yeah. of created that environment where you're having constant feedback and not yes. afraid of it. And it's not, yes, a, absolutely. not a critique of you. It's just correct. how can we make it better for the next event? Co- absolutely correct. And if you do anything veer, veer from the, the the path of normal, they'll, they'll question why. But it's not in a negative way or it's not a, like you say, criticism. So I do have these conversations with my employers and my boss and my line manager all the time. So and it's never, never, never negative. So, yeah. It's okay. great. Well, your name comes up quite a lot on Radio Bath, Kieran. Um, <laughs> well, very quickly. So you're you're known as Kieran J. Moore. We, yeah. we have to ask, what does the J stand for, if you can tell us? Yeah, I can tell you. So my middle name is James. Um, but when I was named, it was 1983. And um, Back to the Future was very popular with Michael J. Fox. Yes. And my parents had a bit of a thing for Michael J. Fox. So I become Kieran J. Moore um that that's the reason so it's james i don't know what michael the j and michael j fox is for probably james let's hope so um but yeah that's why i'm called kieran j moore well we're gonna have a break for music and i'll talk after the break about why your name comes up so much so back with kieran after this made locally in bath this is radio bath so it's richard bovers on here until midday today and on today's a story to tell i've got kieran j moore now before the break we were talking about what the J stands for, which is James, I believe, and yeah, why you were called Kieran J Moore. Okay, so yeah, named. Uh, yeah. I was named after. I was born in 1983, which is around about the time that the the um, Back to the Future films were very famous and popular. And my parents had a thing for Michael J Fox, so the name had to be Kieran J Moore. So they picked James, but we have just googled it. We have. And uh, Michael J. Fox, his, his name is actually Michael Andrew Fox, is named after an American actor uh, called Michael J. Pollard. And the J stands for John. So there you go. There you go. You're going to have this chat with your parents. I'm going to have to have this chat with my parents. <laughs> Wikipedia didn't exist back in those days, so I'll let that them off. That is true. Right. We're <laughs> going to talk about the pump. Now, I mentioned earlier that your name comes up quite a lot when I do live lounges. So I do about <clears> one live lounge a month. So I have a band come in. They either play live or they uh, they record it prior because um, sometimes get a bit nervous uh, yeah. and stuff. Um, and quite often they say, oh, this bloke called Kieran. I'm like, I know Kieran. You and do know me. Like, and they're like, he's at the pump. I'm like, the pump in Trowbridge? What's the pump in Trowbridge? And I was like, I don't really know much about it. So tell us about the pump in Trowbridge, Kieran. So uh, a lot of listeners will know the pump in Trowbridge because the pump in Trowbridge has been there as a, as a live music venue since um, November 1970. So it's been there a very long time. And it traditionally was an old traditional folk venue. So trad folk, you know, twiddly diddly, knit your own breakfast type folk. Um, during the folk revival of the 60s, sort of at the end of that, they started out. Um, and that venue has been in constant use. And the people that started it, when they started it, were sort of in their 20s and 30s. Those people now, uh, are they're very old. Some of them, the person that gave the venue to me three years ago is a guy called Pete McGregor. And he was 80 when he gave it to me. He's 83 now. And I think it's fair to say they just can't run a live music venue day to day. And um, the venue itself had, in 2000, it got given some gov- um, some lottery money, lottery funding and they sort of renovated the building put in a new pa put in new electrics that kind of thing um and so it went it got modernized i took it over in 2020 literally april 2020 or march 2020 the 
absolutely bang on lockdown. It's like, here's the key to the venue and shut down. That's so, like, God. That, though, actually gave us an opportunity to get into the space. Um, there was quite a lot in it that, obviously, we're young, we're new, we're dynamic, we've got a vision, we've got ideas, and we were able to change the venue and make it what we want. We cleaned the venue, we redecorate it, we got um, a charity called the Prince's Trust. They had um, some students and kids, the sorts of people that fall through the cracks of society and need help getting back up onto their feet. We got these kids in and we said, look, guys, um, here's some paint, here's some brushes, sort the venue out. And these eight kids, absolutely amazing. They deep cleaned the venue. They deep painted the venue. They deep restored the venue. All the broken things were fixed. And we reopened in March 20, no, not March, October 2022. Okay. No, I don't know. We reopened when we could reopen, basically. And we've been doing gigs ever since. So the pump itself um, is a hundred capacity. So it's quite a small space. It's got some tiered seating on a mez over the stage. Those tiered seatings are like cinema seats and they were taken from Froome Cinema sort of around 2000 time. And then downstairs, it's like a full, fundamentally all standing area. So you've got, got, got a mixed sort of seated standing area. It's quite low. It's quite dark. It's quite small. It's immediately vibey and entertaining and interesting. You walk in, and you go, wow. You know, no one has failed the wow test yet. Everybody walks in and goes, this is amazing. Because on the outside, it just looks like an old stone building. So and from the, the outside... Now, first of all, we need to explain where the pump is in Trowbridge because yes. many people that travel through Trowbridge will have driven past it thousands of times and not even known it's there. Correct. So the the Lamb in Trowbridge, which is a pub, is on a roundabout, which is the big roundabout by Tesco's. Known as the Tesco <laughs> roundabout in Trovegas. <laughs> massive Tesco's, massive roundabout, pub called the Lamb. Now, when you drive around that roundabout, you will see a stone building uh, on your left. And that is the pump. And it's probably the footprint of like a, just a standard horse barn, the footprint of a horse barn. It's yeah, it's about 12 meters long and about six meters wide. Um, and it's got a mez that's halfway, mezzanine halfway across the building. And yeah, that's pretty it's got two windows, and that's about it. It's very dark, but the inside is just incredible. How do you um, get into it then? Do you have to go via the lamb or is it a separate entrance? No, no, we go via the lamb. So, we, so we have a lease with Wadworths, and that lease is on a one-year rolling lease, and it enables us to be in the building, and we completely financially responsible for that building. So, if the roof caved in, we'd have to be, we'd have to repair it. Um, and but the, sort of with that, you have to use the pub's facilities. So we don't have a toilet, and we don't have a bar. So all alcohol and food has to be bought via the pub. And if you need a wee in the pub uh, but that aside the rest ideally of the time, in the toilets in the pub can we go ideally there? in the toilets yes <laughs> but yeah the rest of the time we have access to it so we have rehearsals in there during the day so we have a couple of bands and, and organizations that use it during the day um monday or, or sunday to thursday we have organizations that use it over an evening and then friday saturday is gig night and we do gigs twice a week 52 weeks of the year literally all year round um, absolutely amazing yeah um so as i said your name comes up a lot and quite often i have bands come in and they say i'd love to perform at the pump <laughs> so so i was like well I'll, I'll put a word in with kieran shall i um i haven't mentioned any bands just yet i'd like to point that sure. out um, yeah <laughs> but how would somebody get to a perform at the pump then 
I mean, that's a, it's a good question. Um, we, first and foremost, we only do original music. It has to be originals. And there's a reason for that. And that's because any cover band that play, they're usually playing the Greyhounds, Stallards, you know, wherever else. But that's usually for free. And because we don't have a mechanism of making money, we can't pay anyone. So the only way we can pay someone is by charging a ticket price. And that tends to be for your original acts. It's very unlikely someone's going to pay to watch a covers band when they're also playing elsewhere in Cherbridge for free. So okay. you have to be original. That, and that's the fast, that's the sort of the reasoning behind it. That aside, original music, um, basically nothing is off, off bounds except for sort of drum and bass. We're not, we're not doing any club nights, drum and bass club nights. And we're not doing any heavy thrash metal. Lots of reasons, normally to do with noise, but also to do with the amount of equipment required and the space we've got is quite small. So if you're like a seven piece band, the chances are you can't play. You just can't fit on our stage. You know, our fire exit is directly next door to our stage. If you've got like this drum kit and all these guitar amps and that, you're going to block the fire escape. It's about being, we, we need, what, what we pride ourselves on is doing, being good at what we do. There's no point trying to shoehorn in something that won't work and then doing it averagely when you can put something on that does work and do it brilliantly. So be realistic about your ex what your, your expectations are. If you're, like I say, if you're a five-piece, even a thrash metal band, you know, it's just not going to fit. It's not going to sound right. You're going to have a rubbish experience. Your audience will have a rubbish experience. We'll all go home, you know, no better from when we started. So, but if you're sort of a three-piece acoustic folk band and you turn up and all of a sudden the sound is immaculate, the stage is spacious, you know, the experience is fantastic then you start start achieving things that's not to say we don't do we don't just do folk we did a rap show recently with a guys from bristol called word life had a hundred people come wall to wall all night rappers absolutely amazing i don't listen to rap i don't particularly enjoy rap but the show itself was exceptional and that's kind of brings us to my next point in the sense that we will do anything. I will do anything as long as we think it works. And I'm not I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm not going to say, I don't like that, therefore it's not happening. I say, it's always down to people. So the people that came from Word Life, one of them is Trobridge-based. He came to a show and he said, I'd love to perform here. I had a conversation with him and it happened. Um, and that's truly beautiful. You know, the interactions you have with people is absolutely incredible. And that's sort of the underlying message behind the venue. We've got a few people that work in our venue. Uh, Meg, who we spoke about earlier, mm. um, she she has anxiety. We've got another woman who works for us called Emily. She's got um, autism. There's lots of people that have additional needs potentially from their day-to-day -day working lives. And they found that the pump can be a, a mechanism to support them with those needs. And they are actually happier, more fulfilled as a result. They're able to... Uh, uh, you know, able to do other tasks or other aspects of their life now with a lot more confidence as a res direct result of being involved at the pub. And I cannot tell you how gratifying that is to be told that by them. That wasn't necessarily that I didn't set out to, to, to do that, but to have these experiences, have these people is just so rewarding. It's unreal. That sounds absolutely incredible in that you're having such an impact on a few people, but that then has an impact on many other people as well. Um, it's interesting to say about being the gatekeeper because obviously to get in at the pump, I'm assuming they have to kind of go through you. Yeah, they have to go through me. Uh, so when I say gatekeeper, I mean is I'm, I'm not going to say no to someone because of my own opinions and tastes. Yeah. So, you know, like I say, I, I don't like rap, but I'll put on a rap show. 
Um, I have to say so... this regarding being, a, you know, I've DJed for 35 years. Sure. And I was chatting to somebody the other day and they were, again, at a dancing event and they were saying, my DJ doesn't like playing this type of music and therefore they don't. I'm like, what's your DJ got to do with it? It's yeah, right. With them. As a <laughs> DJ, your opinion and your taste are absolutely irrelevant. Um, it's all about what the public wants. That's what you're doing. You're bang on right there because we have DJs that run Big Disco, which is our Saturday night at the Comedia. And we've got a pool of five or six DJs and they come on rotation and they are employed to, to play the music that suits Big Disco. Yeah. So they could be a drum and bass DJ, but they come and play popular stuff that works and they are exceptional DJs. So you're absolutely on the money there. Yeah, no, it's um, I've always been confused by, you know, oh, this DJ has this particular style because that's what they like. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's just not not the point. Um, now, this is a really geeky question, okay, but you're Go a techni- technical person. Um, what are the acoustics like at the pump? The acoustics, so they chose the building originally because it suited un- unplugged, unamplified music. You can sort of sing your song and, and, and project and everyone can hear it. Um, so in that respect, the acoustics are pretty good. It's small enough to be enclosed to sort of to sort of hit walls and be heard but it's not so big that it's like a cathedral or a church where it gets sort of reverb forever yeah so it's it's pretty good um however the modern the modern style music and show that we have does lend itself or need to be amplified mm. audiences louder they the expectation is much higher also it's not just people with guitars these days they have stomp boxes they have keyboards they have you know synthesizers and so a lot of that needs amplifying anyway. So we we are everything is amplified now. We don't have a non-amplified show. Um, so but the acoustics so the acoustics are good for that. Um, well, the way that we've got our speaker system laid out is so that there's pretty even coverage across the whole venue. Um, and it's so I would say I mean I'm I'm very happy with the sound. We've overspecced it. So the mm-hmm. PA that's in there is significantly more powerful than it needs to be. Yep um obviously we only use we only tickle it we only use it like half rate so um so we've got lots of headroom not that we ever need it so um but it does it I'm, I'm very happy with the sound we've got we've got sub in there so we get the low end you know and then, so we've got stomp boxes on that low end guitar really really comes across which you wouldn't normally get either so when the audience sits and watches a show they go wow it's a second wow they get the wow of the venue they get the wow yeah. of the sound so no, that's i mean we, we've just taken over a venue in uh the deanery in swindon and on okay. a tuesday night uh so it's a school but we're actually in their theater and okay. the very first time we held held a freestyle in there we, we just have it's a big venue um it t- takes probably realistically dancing wise 150 people so it's, it's quite a large venue um, yeah. we just have two speakers and because it sounds it's a brand new building and whatever they've done acoustic wise, wherever you are in the venue, it sounds exactly the same. Oh, very the, impressive. And it's the only venue I've ever come across like that. And when you teach there, just everything is so clean. It's it's incredible. Have you ever been to the Wiltshire Music Centre in Bradford mm. on Avon? Yeah. That's they that was designed for that again for orchestral music, but designed in the exact same way that you've just described. Yeah. I'm not sure how it is for amplified music, but certainly for acoustic orchestral music, exactly the same. Yeah. And there's very few venues like that. It's, very uh, few. <laughs> a lot of them are very echoey and yeah. um yeah, there was a venue we used to have in Bath actually that um I had to rip everything out of the whole sound system because if you turned anything up in the wrong way, it just bounced everywhere, and Ooh, uh, it was yeah. it was all fun. Anyway, this is going very geeky. Um, yeah, so the, the pump has come kind of full circle in regards uh, it, 
very folky, now doing lots of stuff, very busy. What's kind of the hope for the future for the pump? So that's a really good question. So um, we are trying to get a lease that allows us, it's like a five-year lease rather than a rolling one-year lease, to enable us to sort of have confidence to make some changes to the venue to sort of continue to develop, to, to continue to develop it. Right now, we are booking for 2024. So we have some shows lined up. We've got Semantics coming back. We've got Jazz DeLorean. We've got um, Scott Dunican. We've got The Lost Trades. So they're all sort of shows that we know usually sell very well. They would probably sell out in in, in some cases. Again, uh, so that's definitely happening. But in terms of its um, future use, um, we're associated with the Trowbridge Festival. So that the festival grew from our venue. It used to be called the Village Pump Festival. It's now called the Trowbridge Festival, but it had a Village Pump stage. So we're looking to support that. We'll be doing that next year. Um, there's a few changes within the pub uh, on the horizon. Um, so that all of these things are going to affect um, our ongoing uh, sort of status and how and how we how we work. So there's lots to do in the next few months, but um, it's an exciting period in our time. No, it sounds uh, sounds exciting. I must get along there at some point. I live in Trowbridge, or as oh, as, the there yokels, you go. as the yokels call it, Trovegas. Trovegas, um, yes. Trovegas. Um, and I, I've never been. Um, I'll have to come along at some point. I will stick you on a door. If you, uh, you, I know you, you're you're doing an all day on Saturday. I know you're a very busy man, much like I am. But we do do occasionally Thursdays and occasionally Sundays, which may make it a little bit easier for you to come to. Hmm. So um, just oh, hit me up. Way. Now we cool. talk about being busy. Last question on this, on this, then, and that sure. is, is that you're at the pump. We're going to talk about your gigs section shortly. Um, you're at Comedia all day, every day, it seems, and you have a family. So the question that everybody will be thinking is, how do you do it? It's a really good question. Um, when well, it never, I didn't arrive at this point in time, um, you know, w- without getting there via other steps. So the reason the pump is so busy um, at the moment, um, every every weekend, two shows a week, is because we have a big team of people. So there's quite a few of us. We, we've touched on that earlier, sort of Megan, um, Emily, but we've also got other people like Nick and Ellen and a few others that help run the doors. So they'll run a the door, they'll print the ticket list, they'll give people wristbands, they'll sign them in, they'll sell tickets on the door. We've got Megan who'll be doing the sounds. We've got a guy called Ben Bryant. He'll do the sound. So I am now, it's grown beyond me. It's not about me. It's not about Kieran. It's about the pump. It's about Trowbridge. It's about Shear. It's about the community. And I've got a massive group of people that now make these shows work uh, in my absence. It's quite common that I'll be working at Comedia. I get like the 11.22 train home. I'll get into Trowbridge at quarter to midnight. I'll cycle down to the venue and I'll see the guys just as they're locking up. We'll have a beer. We'll catch up. We'll talk about the show and then we'll all go home. So (laughs) that's quite common. And it sounds like a nice life in lots of ways. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life full of wonderful people. Amazing. Well, we're going to have another little break for music. When we come back, you mentioned Sheer a minute ago. We're going to talk yes. about Sheer music. So Excellent. be right back after this. Radio made in Bath. This is Radio Bath. So it's Richard Bozan here back with Kieran J. Moore. Kieran James Moore um, from Comedia, The Pump and also Sheer Music. So, Kieran, tell us about Sheer Music then. So Sheer Music is my self-employed name as a live music promoter or event promoter. Um, And it started in 2004. We did a gig at Devizes Football Club and 300 kids came and it was a it was brilliant. It was awful. It was amazing. It was terrible. 
I didn't know what I was doing. We had a really terrible, we had a great lineup of bands, but they really didn't work. We had like an indie band with a thrash metal band with another, in, with another thrash metal band. It just, there was no lights. The PA was basic as hell, but we had 300 kids came, all paid three quids to be there. And I walked away with 900 quid and I thought, wow, this was, uh, this is my calling in life. <laughs> um, so that's how we started. And it's just grown and grown and grown from there. I think, I don't know, I've never actually worked the numbers out, but I did like 400 gigs in Devizes. Um, and then eventually I progressed to promoting in Swindon at a venue called The Victoria with a guy that was my mentor, a chap called David Young, who since he since died of cancer, very sadly, but he was an absolute mentor and a hero of mine. I then progressed to promoting at Moles in Bath. I then sort of just become a promoter and doing events all over the place, bespoke events, you know, did occasional one at the Neald, occasionally at the pump prior to taking it over. I just did them in everywhere. Just anywhere I thought a show would work. I did, I did shows. I did the chap from haircut 100. It's Salisbury cathedral, you know, Nick Hayward. At Salisbury say, cathedral. Nick Hayward, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so we've, we've done some just wild things over the last 20 it'll be 20 years next year so we are trying to plan some really special shows for next year 20 years next year um so but that, so I, I just promote I, I just kind of fell into it accidentally it wasn't uh i didn't plan for it at the time i was a mortgage advisor became a postie started doing gigs and over that 20 years i sort of progressed into becoming what i am now as a full-time technician employed at a venue that also promotes shows have you thought about doing shows at Comedia? Is that kind of branched in that way? I've done a couple there. I did a couple there prior to working there. So when the job was available and I applied for it, they already knew who I was. My son, who was, was when I was 18, is now 18 himself. He mm. got a job there and then he left uh, after COVID. Um, and so when I applied for the job and got the job, I, I was already very well known to the venue. They, they'd already previously employed my son and I'd already hired it as a promoter. I did an American band called Andrew Nurse by the Trail of Dead there. And then we also did an independent venue week show there of a band from uh, Bristol called Sewer. So we have done lots of shows there previously. And we did a couple of front bar shows. We had the guy from Running Punks, his band come and played. So, yeah, we've done quite a lot of gigs prior to working there. So, um, yes, that is very much on the cards for 2024. 20th year we'll hopefully have a really cool big show to to have at the, the comedia but more on that later and i'm guessing that you have the obvious link of sheer music and the pump now and they, yes they must work hand in hand i'm guessing they do actually probably two hand in hand i think one of them is going to have to give it give up the ghost i think what will probably happen is that the comedia uh, the pump will take over as the organization as them as the main promoter and Sheer will just go down to me being self-employed again. So just doing tech and all the gigs will run through the pump because it's very difficult to have two parallel organizations. There may well be a conflict of interest. Mm. And so I, I can't, you know, I can't be seen to be doing anything untoward. So that, that's probably what will happen. It was the pump will become the, the live music promoter, even if they're doing stuff at the comedia and Sheer will just become me self-employed and that'll be it. Fair enough. Now, as a promoter, it's kind of like, again, we're we're talking about the gatekeeper moment. So yeah. I know a number of, I say, number of the bands that have come in so far. I think I've had about five or six bands come in and they all want a spot at the pump or wherever it may be that, you know, they do loads, loads of open mics and the clubs and bars yeah. circuit is quite a standard thing to do. Um, kind of, do you get like demo tapes? Do people send in stuff and go, hey, this is us. Can you do us? Yeah. So in 2004, when, when I first kicked off, 
Um, we all had CD burners in our in our computers, which don't exist anymore. CD no. drives don't exist in computers anymore. But people used to make their own demos at home. They record them, they burn them, they give them to me. I still have every single demo tape I was ever given. They're in my loft. They're all still there. And there's some amazing people in there, which we'll come back to in a minute. But um, so, yeah, I used to collect them all. These days, people, the, the quality of recordings, the, the, the access people have to equipment is vastly improved. And you don't get ropey demos anymore. It doesn't exist. No. Um, bands only put out something that is exceptional because the internet is in a space where everything's forever. So if you put something out really terrible, that will exist forever. Hmm. So people don't do that. So you, you, the, what you get now is almost the finished article. And there's part of me that's quite sad about that. You don't quite see the journey anymore, which is where the live side comes in, which is so much important. You can see someone's journey now. But you have to go watch them live. So if you go watch, say, for example, the Lost Trays, the first gig they did, they were already a very well-established um, set of individuals, but their first gig, what it was then, what it is now, where they become comfortable with each other, they become comfortable with their instrumentation and their stylization. Now they're just like the beautiful South and they're just incredible multi-instrumentalists. But you, I've seen that journey hmm. and that is the power of live music. But yes, I get loads of demos. I get them. It's all band camps and sound clouds. People send me through their demos email facebook social media can i check us out instagram check us out and be honest um, i get that daily how much do you actually listen to or do you get so, a chance to yeah no i listen to every single one if you send me like here's my album and it's 10 or 12 tracks i'm not going to listen to 12 tracks i'm going to listen to two and gauge whether your sound works so um, a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people just want to come play. So they're not necessarily looking for headline slots. And that's usually easier for me because a lot of the time we're dealing with national or international touring acts. There are headliners and then I need local acts to, to sort of fill in those support slots. That's really good because it means that a local act can now play over bands that they might see at a festival. I saw this band, for example, we're about to announce a show for a band called Really Big, Really Clever. They've, they've been touring the UK. They've played all the major festivals. They're a really cool, exciting, young sort of indie rock band. And they're about to be announced at the pump. And I now need two bands to support them. That's where the local acts come in. Hmm. Because it, it's a double-edged sword. A lot of the time, the local acts, in theory, can fill a venue with their mates. Um, but they, that doesn't always... It's not always the case. And so there's no point checking them on as a headliner and if no one's going to come watch them. But if you put on a really cool, vibey band that people have seen, like in Kerrang! or on the radio then they'll come and watch it, even if they don't know them. And then you put on the local bands and hopefully the whole thing mars marries together yeah. and it's just brilliant. Well, I mean, again, it's that, you know, what I've really loved doing the live lounges is how many local bands get to play on the radio. And yes. It, it doesn't happen. You know, where else would you get that? And here at Radio Bath, we're, we're giving people that chance, which I'm I'm loving. It is so important for from as a promoter's point of view to know that people are engaged in that way too. So it's really helpful if they've been on the radio because you know that there's people hearing them or hearing about the shows, hearing about their music and their songs. So what you do is great. You know, we you and I are sharing different parts of a larger community. And if we're all connected and working together, we are more than the sum of our parts. It's very important. No, I think it's great. And we'll have a chat offline about some potential bands, maybe. That, sure. Uh, that yeah. Come yeah. In. Um, either way, because I've had some great bands. Everybody that's performed so far has been uh, has been great. Um, but yeah, if you've got any other bands that you may think might want to appear on the radio, um, that'd be great. Sure, there's loads. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's really nice doing the live lounges because again, what's often happened is that like only two of the band members come in out of the four or five. And yeah. they play an acoustic set, which they're not used to doing. 
Yes. And it's a whole different experience for them. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's that's really important because that really helps them build up their experience and their understanding of who they are and what they are and how they're doing it. So all yeah. of that is really important. I did have a very the very first live lounge that I did on on Radio Bass was quite unusual in regards that uh, I actually performed along with her. Um, so I was hosting the show. I, I play guitar and stuff. Um, nice. And uh, and she was quite nervous. So who was uh, that? Uh, a lady called Sorrel Pitts. Um, okay. She's a local uh, singer songwriter. Um, really lovely. Um, really nice songs actually as well. Very folky. Um, might suit the yeah. You never know. Um, so yeah, Sorrel S O R R E L P I T T S. There we go, Sorrel. Sorrel yeah. Pitts, as in a Sorrel, as in the plant, the herb. Uh, I don't know. S O R R E L. And then Pitts, as in Brad Pitts. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, she's released Sorrel a number Pitts. of songs. Sorrel Pitts. Um, and she's, she was absolutely lovely. And it was quite strange because I was like, and here on Radio Bath is Sorrel Pitts. And then I'd pick up my guitar and then play along with her. Put the very cool. Down. Well done, Sorrel. And <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was very bizarre, but it was lovely. Um, and I've just, every time I've done a light lounge, I'm, I've often said this, and you must find this yourself. <clears throat> it's It's like I'm getting my own private concert. No, because the ability of radio is just two people having a chat as we are now just happens that other people are listening. So I'm, yeah. I'm getting that with when people are doing live lounges. I'm getting my own private concert, which is very cool. It really is lovely. So sheer music then. You must have had some success stories over the years. Tell me about it. Yes, some. successes. So we've had some incredible successes. Um, we put on people like the vaccines prior to them being called the vaccines. We gave Foles a very early gig. They were foals at the time. We gave Frank Turner lots and lots of gigs before he went on to be massively famous. Um, and then we've had lots of sort of soloists that have ended up being in other bands. There's a couple of lads from Devizes, where we were originally based, um, one chap called Jed Elliott. He is now in an international band that are British, but are absolutely huge in America, called The Struts. They're playing main stages at UK festivals like Reading and Isle of Wight, but he tours the world. Um, he was dating a member of Little Mix for a while. So he brought her for a curry in Devizes once and we all went out and had a drink with them. It's that kind of thing. We've been so lucky. And the, I say luck, you, you create your own luck, but like we were, we were, we were always picking music that we thought was interesting and fun. And then, you know, whether they were famous or not was really irrespective. There's been plenty of bands that I've put on that I've absolutely adored that never achieved anything. Mm. <laughs> and I probably even more favourite, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, we were very lucky. We were able to put on some absolutely incredible acts that have gone to be massive. Frank Turner is the really good example because uh, last year we promoted a show of Frank Turner's at the Forum in Bath. That's the biggest show we've ever done. It's like 2000 capacity, mm. whereas normally we're averaging around about the 400 mark. So... Yeah. <laughs> no, the Forum so, yeah, again, um... is another great venue. Another great venue. So, um, yeah, so we're lucky that people like Frank, we've stayed in touch with, stayed friends with. We're loosely in touch with with Justin from the vaccines. We're not in touch with Foles at all anymore, as much as I'd like to be. So are you trying <laughs> to say that they used you as a stepping stone to bigger things? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we we just gave them a gig at the time. I mean, they were Foles back then were really angular and mathy and complicated and complex, whereas now they're very um sort of accessible and they're fun they're still fun but like that early sound was just totally different so yeah more commercial <laughs> now maybe yes more go, commercial now we'll go down that route um <laughs> we're gonna have another little break for music when we come back it's the quick fire round so you don't get I'm to excited. know what these questions are but uh apart from of course the first one what will 
his favourite ice cream be. So we'll be right back after this. Across Bath, Westbury and Warminster, this is Radio Bath. Okay, so we're back. It's Richard Bovesen here until midday today with Kieran Moore. And we're on to our quick fire round, Kieran. How are you feeling about this round? I'm, I'm excited. You are excited. You look excited. So the first question everybody knows, and that is, what is your favourite ice cream? That's a nice, simple one. It's mint choc chip. Every time, you know, go to the beach, it has a mint choc chip ice cream every time. So nice and simple. I think I've had that answer once, and that's a there nice answer. Uh, the strangest answer I had was a florist called Grace, who I loved to bits. She's been on twice, and her answer to that was crisps. Oh, okay. And uh, then I had to ask, what's her favourite flavour? Crisps, of course. So there we go. But uh, <laughs> um, are you tidy or messy? I am. I'm a neat freak. I love. So if you come to ha- my house, you would see my house is a mess. Um, but I am a, a personal neat freak, and that comes from from the work really having to needing to know where everything is and it all works as well. So I'm a neat freak. Having kids is a nightmare. It's so difficult, but yeah, my, I'm a neat freak. You know, one of the uh, one of my DJs, who's also a lighting technician, a chap called Alex Heath. He may have come across him or not. I don't know, but um, whenever he leaves our box of cables at the end, <laughs> it is like a yeah. work of art. It really is. I know when he's been DJing. When I come back to it, if I've been DJing, it's all just chucked in there. I I believe that. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, that mm. makes complete sense. <laughs> uh, love or hate roller coasters? Um, I've not been on very many. Um, okay. I would say that I love them. Um, I like that um, the sort of that loss of control where you kind of get out of your seat slightly and it's all like, Ooh! yeah, I, I love it. So my daughter hates them. So, um, you know that boat? You can get a boat at Legoland that kind of does that. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we went on that and I loved it and she hated it. So, uh, I'm a lover. I'm a lover. You're a you lover, a, not a fighter. A thrill. A thrill. Here we go. The questions get slightly weirder now. Um, okay. Do you hang your toilet roll over the top or behind the back? Over the top? Because behind the back is wrong. <laughs> See, as soon it's as I start the question, I saw your brain just go... <gasps> It's a, you, 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 if you give your toilet roll a mullet, you're a wrong'un. You know what? That is the correct answer, by the way. I had Simon on recently, who's one of the co-founders of Radio Bath. He said there's actually a patent about which way round the toilet roll should be hung. And so there we oh, go. Oh, really? Yeah, and round there the front is the correct way. Um, do you, you eat go. your chocolate from the fridge or from the cupboard? From the cupboard. Okay. From the cupboard. Pre, pre, just normal ambient temperature. If it's too cold, it's it's really crunchy and hard and it no no you're a cupboard person that's fine cupboard, cupboard chocolate yeah i don't know the answer this one for you actually do you make your bed in the morning no <laughs> i'm a neat freak but i don't do that time for that so I no making your bed and then that's it <laughs> just get out and the follow-up question is do you have any cushions on your bed uh, no, but when I was a teenage boy, I had loads of throw cushions on my bed. And my my mum was convinced I was gay. Okay. I, I'm not gay, and I just liked cushions. But as an adult, I don't have any, so. No cushions is the correct answer in my world, but uh, we, there have you six, go. we have six on our bed. Um, that's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> what, what is your favourite breakfast? Cereal, or cr- crunchy, ice cold milk, crunchy cereal. You know, cornflakes. Cornflakes. Okay. Cor- any of those sorts of classics, really. Cornflakes. Um, yeah, that's go for, go for. Yeah, I mean, it's a really boring answer, but like, it's not ice cold milk, 
Um, yeah, really fresh. My kids do this thing where they leave the the um, cereal boxes open, mm. and so the cereal goes stale and it's not crunchy, and that drives me wild. How can you eat stale stale thing? And they also do this thing where like they pour it and they reach in with their hands and they pour it out with their hands. Like gravity's enough, guys. You don't need to put your dirty hands in the cereal. I just you touched the you touched the raw nerve there. And, <laughs> and this is why we do the quick fire round. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, when you more, when you came on obviously. today, did you think you'd be talking about gravity and cereal? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a promoter, this this might be quite a difficult one for you. This, okay? Yeah. What is if you had to do it? What is your go to karaoke song? Oh, the, um, uh, so the, uh, this is easy. I, I I've got this already laid out. Okay, it's Dexy's Midnight Runners. It's Come on Eileen. It's like my favorite song ever. Okay, and the follow up question to that is always. Are you going to give us a little burst now? God, no, I can't sing. I'm awful. <laughs> Poor You're old the... Johnny Ray. But it's out upon the radio. Moved a million hearts in mono. Made our mothers cry. Suddenly, who blamed them? Da, 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 da. And you're absolutely right. You do have a terrible voice. Right. Thank you. That's right. (laughs) And that's why he's a promoter. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Well done. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Favourite TV programme or film? Um, Okay. So I don't really have, I don't have time to watch TV or or, or thing, but um, my wife is obsessed with Stranger Things, which I very much enjoyed. I recently watched um, Last Kingdom, which is like six or seven series about, you know, the old Vikings versus the... um, you know, the Brits. It was that was very very good. I really enjoyed that. I do quite like um, um, Rick and Morty. Quite like that. That's quite ridiculous, stupid fun. Um, but I don't generally. I don't have time for 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 TV. Although I will say, I'm really really excited about the second instalment of June, which is released next year. Okay. So, my favorite science fiction. My favorite science fiction book come as a film. The first one was amazing. The second one is just. I can't wait. I'm just so excited. I still haven't seen June, actually. I must try and watch it. So I yeah, absolutely. hearing reports about it. It's on Netflix. So if yeah. you've got Netflix, it's free. Um, it, it's great. So I loved it. It's not too action-based. It's not like just not pointlessly loads of explosions. It's quite long. It's like two and a half hours. But having said that, it's not laborious. So mm. Dennis Villeneuve, who's the, who's the director, he also did um, Blade Runner. And that second Blade Runner reboot was just so boring and mm. slow and nothing happened. It was beautiful and it sounded amazing. It looked amazing. But the film itself was awful. He directed June. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. But for me, because I already know the story, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I thought the film was excellent. So. Lovely. And if you had to kind of, as we're going down science fiction geeky time, this isn't one of the quick fire questions. Uh, okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, so I, I, I would say Star Trek. Okay. Um, I, I I do like Star Wars, but I think Star Trek was just a little bit more original. Definitely more in depth. Yeah, there's lots more going on with that. Yeah. I love so, the yes. um, I love the way some people describe Star Wars in the uh, actual plot lines. Um, it got built, it got blown up. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> That's you pretty go. much it, isn't it? And in the second <laughs> one, it got built, it got blown up. And in the third one, there were Ewoks. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right, is it? Uh, if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would it be and why? So, I mean, it's got to be a cat, hasn't it? I knew you were going to say a cat. I I almost said, except for a cat. Uh, Everybody says cat. 
And I know there's a reason for this. There's Go a reason for that. They they are they have the absolute best lives. They sleep for ninety percent of the day. They come for cuddles, and everybody loves them. They're constantly fed. I mean, what's not? But if I had an actual, that's just like the, the bog standard answer. My actual answer would be any form of animal that can fly, because I think okay. that would be wicked. Could you just imagine like flying over? Like you, you know, like you see those helicopters. They fly through valleys. Yeah. Imagine if you're a bird, and you could just do that. It's so cool. And you could see anywhere in the world. You could like go look at old ruins and you could see areas that people couldn't see. It'd be amazing. So let's go for this then. You're going to be a cat that can fly. How's that sound? A cat that can fly. Yeah, absolutely that. Uh, some sort of griffin. I'll be a griffin. There you go. <laughs> and your last <laughs> question, Kieran yes. Jay Moore, is where is your happy place? Oh, that's a really good, uh, really sweet question. My happy place um, is probably uh, with my wife um, on on a on a windy hill cliff side. We do a lot of walking, um, and if I was sat on top of a cliff looking at some sort of moody scene, you know, maybe in the fog overlooking a sea, that would be pretty cool. That would be nice. That sounds absolutely amazing. I could see you actually go there in your eyes as well. Yes, which, which is lovely. <laughs> okay. Well, I've and, got. I'm drawing it from experience, so. <laughs> and well done for including your wife in that as well. <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> Brownie points are us, so well done, uh, Kieran. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, absolutely pleasure. And I hope you've enjoyed it. You've been an absolute delight to chat. Yeah. To it's so a good, good. Always good to chat. I love it. It's been fun. And remind people if they wanted to come and see any gigs, where where kind of can they come and see? So the uh, the best place is to go to thepumptrowbridge.co.uk. Uh, um, we have gigs every weekend. So we've got two this weekend. We've got um, on Friday this week, we've got a band from Bristol called a psych rock band um, called Marktopus Mind. Very, very cool. And on Saturday, we've got the future of British folk, a woman called Amelia Coburn. So that's the kind of caliber and standard of things we're doing. So just check out what we're doing. We've got stuff happening every weekend. We've got Gary Stringer from Reef later in the year. We've got Gaz Brookfield that's sold out. You know, there's always something going on. So absolutely brilliant, um, Kieran. Thank you so much for coming on a story to tell. Uh, we'll have you back on Radio Bath at some point, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.